take our Bibles. We're going to go to Luke 7 uh, tonight, <coughs> Luke 7 uh, this evening, and uh, bear with me as I get some water here uh, to get started. <coughs> Don't know what it is, but came on quick. Amen. Luke chapter number 7 <coughs> tonight, and of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, there'll probably be a lot of preaching uh, in the next couple of weeks, just about different things, takeaways uh, from uh, being over there in Israel, and there are a lot of them, and we uh, we got to do quite a bit uh, of uh, things, and uh, we covered uh, from north to south, east to west, and and uh, crossed over into Jordan. <clears throat> Saw a lot of things that he had scheduled, things that he didn't have on the schedule, and in a lot of history uh, and things involved as well. We had gone to uh, the uh, Israel Museum uh, while we were there. We also went to the Holocaust Museum. Uh, as part uh, that wasn't on the on the agenda, <clears throat> but we did go to that and uh, saw a lot of uh, saw an iron dome uh, set up uh, there down by a lot uh, and uh, some places where they do a lot of military things, military installations. <clears throat> they have blimps, big blimps that are just kind of uh, hovered over, spying on everything, and uh, and it's uh, it's pretty a pretty neat place. Uh, and then of course being at the t- uh, Temple of the Mount, which is the uh, the most highly disputed uh, piece of real estate uh, on the planet, and uh, all the history and all the all the religion. It's a place just steeped in religion. A lot of it, of course, uh, not uh, biblical. Uh, but um, if I was to take uh, a society that had a lot of religion, false religion, a lot of things that permeated that, versus a godless society, I would take the the, uh, the prior. Uh, and uh, but very thankful for uh, all of the <clears throat> the activities, and I'll say more about that. And we, uh, Miss Autumn, I think is going to take pictures that we put together, took, uh, put them together in a video, and we'll show that <clears throat> here at some point as well. But when we got there, uh, of course, we were exhausted uh, from the flight, and we didn't know that he had a place planned. So we, as soon as we got off of the plane, we went to uh, Caesarea. Uh, and spent some time there, <clears throat> and then after we went to where our first place that we would be staying, and was in um, they call the little uh, settlements uh, um, kibbutz, uh, and uh, so the kibbutz that uh, we were going to be staying in is called Davrat, and uh, it was just right outside. You can see where Nazareth was. We went through the Jezreel Valley on the way up there, and Nazareth. And then across the, where the uh, missionary lives, a place called Afula, and then just north of that's where we were staying. But as we made our way there that evening, <clears throat> as soon as we were taking a left turn to go into the little uh, uh, township or whatever village that we were staying in, uh, there was a sign, a road sign for um, the kibbutz of uh, Nain, uh, N-A-I-N which is a city in the Bible that was only mentioned once in the Bible, but I recognized it straight away from being in the Bible, <clears throat> kind of took note of it, and I thought that was kind of cool because we were driving through all kinds of places that you just recognize uh, all, all of the names uh, from Scripture, and so right, staying right next to one, and that's the one we're going to read about here uh, in this chapter. <clears throat> uh, one of the main uh, reasons I want to preach on that tonight was just to illustrate uh, how um, seeing it, uh, and we actually didn't even, we took a picture of the town from the road turning to where we, uh, we were staying, but we didn't go into uh, Nain, and Nain is the place where Jesus, um, his first raising someone from the dead, he did it three times uh, in Scripture, and this was the first time he did it, 
And it's almost like a little blimp uh, in the Bible uh, that, uh, that I want to point out. So we're going to begin reading in verse number 11 of Luke in chapter number 7. And it says, And it came to pass the day after, and so he was in Capernaum, and uh, he had just got done preaching uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and uh, which uh, uh, the Mount of Beatitudes right there outside of Capernaum, and some of these places are disputed uh, that they don't know for sure if this is right where it was at, but it had to be in that uh, general area. Uh, in order to, to be in line with Scripture. And, and one of the things that, you know, uh, I was telling people yesterday, uh, they're, like the Sea of Galilee was a lot smaller uh, than I imagined it. Uh, the Dead Sea was a lot bigger. Uh, the country was a lot bigger than I imagined it. Uh, very secular in, in, in many ways. Uh, in often, uh, in some places, worse than it is here. Uh, and uh, we, got, we got stuck in one rural town, uh, on the way through uh, with a pride parade uh, was blocking everything and we uh, and we got stuck there for a little while <clears throat> had to change some plans so uh, as much as uh, you think of Bible history and you know Hasidic Jews and religion and all the stuff that goes on there um, sin sin permeates society everywhere uh, and in uh, people <clears throat> need uh, Jesus, uh, of course, uh, there, just like uh, any other place. Uh, so as he, Jesus, had his ministry, his earthly ministry, 85, 90% of it took place right along the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and, uh, and right outside of Capernaum was this Sermon on the Mount. He's preaching that. Uh, and then the beginning part of the chapter uh, speaks of uh, a centurion uh, that uh, he dealt with in Capernaum who uh, had, had built a synagogue uh, there, and the synagogue that's in Capernaum, the white one, uh, is all is on top of uh, the one that uh, this centurion built. You can see the different layers <clears throat> of stone and uh, from the different uh, times that uh, uh, there were different people in charge and in rulers and kingdoms. Uh, and uh, so he deals with him, and then it says, uh, and it came to pass the day after that he went unto the city called Nain, and many of his disciples, uh, it, which he had just called uh, in several of them from Capernaum uh, and Bethsaida, uh, just uh, close by there as well. So many of his disciples went with him, uh, and, uh, and then much people. People were following him. Of course, they had heard the Sermon on the Mount not far from there. Uh, and outside of uh, Bethsaida uh, is a spot where um, uh, he fed the 5,000. Uh, and uh, so there are many, many people. I was trying to figure out how many people lived in Capernaum at that time. Uh, and I read where it said there's maybe 1,500 people that lived there. Uh, but uh, in the whole Galilee region there, there were, of course, a lot more. Uh, and uh, they had gathered. And we understand that Jesus uh, is God. He's God in the, in the flesh. He's the God-man. <clears throat> and so Jesus is sovereign, uh, and, and He knows uh, our thoughts before we have them. Uh, he, he knew us uh, before we were formed in the belly. Uh, Jesus on earth was still the God the Father, the sovereign God, the triune God. And so He, um, when He said, I must needs go through Samaria, He had a divine appointment. And he knew exactly what he was going to do. And, uh, and as we read a little bit further in this, uh, it, he didn't happen upon a funeral. Um, he, he knew exactly uh, what he was going to be doing. And so he's traveling from Capernaum to Nain. 
for this purpose to, to, to meet this widow woman who had just lost her son. Verse 12, Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. Uh, in the customs of, of that time uh, for um, funerals and deaths, uh, we know that, um, for example, when Jesus, uh, he needed to be in the tomb by sundown. Of course, the Sabbath and things were involved. But um, from the custom of making sure that someone who was crucified or, or on a tree or a cross, uh, they were in the ground within that day, uh, that kind of kind of went through all their cultures. So Jewish people, uh, whether it was that night or within a 24-hour period, depending on, like, if you died on Sabbath, it would be a little bit different. But for the most part, when somebody dies, uh, they're in the ground 24 hours later, at least, uh, if not uh, by sundown of that time. So we know that, uh, that when he got there, Jesus and the disciples and the people, uh, and they come upon this funeral procession, that uh, the women led the procession. Uh, in a moment, there was a word called uh, a, a briar, uh, which was kind of like a wicker, uh, uh, not a basket, but like a table, something that, that they carried the person on. Uh, and, uh, and if you remember, if you were rich, you got, you got buried in a, in a tomb. <laughs> uh, if you weren't, uh, you were buried uh, in the ground. Uh, but the custom was a year later, uh, they would go and collect the, your bones, whether it was in a tomb or in the ground, and they would put it in a box. Uh, and uh, those boxes, they would stick in, <clears throat> in these little parts in these tombs and in other places. So uh, they're carrying him out. It says in verse number uh, 12, Now when they came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow. This was her only son. Uh, we know that as a widow... Um, she was dependent upon her son. Uh, now her only son being dead, there are a lot of things that were going through this woman's mind, if you can just think about it for a moment. Uh, and it could have been uh, a full day at this time, contemplating all that. What is she going to do? How is she going to live? Uh, you know, how, uh, you know, how, how am I going to you know, pay for this funeral procession? They would, in fact, uh, purchase and buy professional mourners uh, that would mourn for people. Uh, in these uh, in these ceremonies, of course, she probably didn't have the money uh, to do that. And so, verse thirteen: When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, "Weep not." And he came and touched the the buyer, and uh, which was forbidden to do uh, during those to interrupt a funeral in Jewish culture was not a great thing to do. Uh, but then to touch uh, the buyer. Uh, the, the, the table they were carrying the body on um, was forbidden from the book of Numbers, Levitical law. Uh, and uh, so he, he, as he touched it, they that bear him stood still. Uh, and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And the disciples of John showed him all these things. And so they, those who were disciples of John began to tell John the Baptist of all the things that Jesus was doing uh, and uh, the miracles that were being performed. And this was the very first time 
that Jesus uh, raised someone from the dead. And the reaction was they were afraid, uh, if you can imagine uh, being a part of that uh, and witnessing it. Uh, but, but they uh, straight away said he must be a prophet because they understood Elijah and Elisha. Uh, having done that, and, and, uh, but uh, they began to rumor about him throughout all of Judea in the region uh, about. So the first thing I want to point out from this passage in, in the text itself was um, the compassion uh, that Jesus had uh, for this woman. Now, if you can think about it this way, um, in the story of Abraham uh, and his son Isaac, and uh, when I preach that, talk about it, I say, as they went up one side of the mountain, um, Abraham with his son to sacrifice him. Uh, I just imagine um, the lamb going up the other side. Uh, the, in the providence of God, God, Bible says that God provided Himself a lamb, uh, which uh, which is all typology about Jesus Christ. And we knew that that God uh, God knew that Abraham was going to be faithful. He provided the sacrifice uh, in that whole story. But if you can think about that for a second. Uh, that as this woman uh, was grieving, uh, that her Lord, uh, the Lord, came to her uh, and comforted her and, said, and told her not to weep. Uh, and he was a compassionate, uh, a compassionate Savior. Uh, and then so he spoke a word of compassion and telling her not, not to weep uh, and, uh, because he was about to do something uh, miraculous. Uh, but uh, And then... He spoke words of power when he said, arise, and we know that he spoke the world into existence and, uh, and, uh, and um, that, that he could, you know, uh, if he could do that, he could, just by his word, he could raise people from the dead. And we understand that with Lazarus uh, as well as uh, Jairus' daughter, the other one uh, that, uh, that he had uh, done this uh, for. And so <clears throat> kind of review just for a second. God is a sovereign God. Uh, if you believe that, say amen. So God, Jesus, knew uh, when he was in Capernaum uh, and dealing with the centurion, he's called, his disciples doing all that, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Um, he knew exactly who uh, this young man was. He knew exactly who this widow was. And, uh, and death's never a surprise to God. Uh, but Jesus, the God-man, um, he... Um, uh, he was dealing with things a little bit differently than, than, than he had uh, in eternity past or eternity future. Uh, and so he went to her uh, and, uh, and it raised uh, her son uh, from uh, the dead. Not only did he go, uh, but many of his disciples went. Uh, and not only that, uh, but, but a lot of other people went. Uh, now, when <clears throat> we were there uh, in Israel, um, we walked a lot, right? Uh, it was uh, grueling, uh, and so I think we figured it out uh, at about 70 miles uh, of walking, uh, much of that uphill, um, in, uh, it's uphill both ways, uh, and uh, a lot of stairs and, and just uh, inclines, and, uh, and you would, you'd start to feel uh, terrible, you know, you're just hot, and you're kind of sick, and you're whatever, and then uh, you, you make your way down, there's somebody who's, you know, twice your age or whatever coming up the thing, and, uh, and you start feeling really bad about yourself uh, and how in bad shape you're in. Uh, but it was, uh, it was grueling uh, in those aspects and in, in doing all that walking. Now, here's one of the um, things that I didn't notice uh, from this passage and reading it until 
Uh, to remember, I said we were staying in Devrat, uh, right next to Nain, the town that this miracle took place in. And the day that we went to uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, we had went down to, uh, we drove from, from Devrat uh, to Gennesaret, uh, where uh, their boat was. And we went out on the boat for a little while on the Sea of Galilee. And then we got back and, <clears throat> and then we went to um, uh, Chorazin. Uh, and uh, Bethsaida, uh, and then Capernaum, all three uh, cities that Jesus cursed uh, for their lack of repentance. Uh, and remember, he said that if the miracles that were done in, uh, you know, uh, that were done for you were done, places like Sodom and Gomorrah and Tyre and Sidon, uh, things would be different. And so because Jesus did so many miracles in those places, and it's analogous to, you know, how uh, we, uh, as Christians, we experience the hand of God so much, uh, yet we're unmoved by it, uh, we're unaffected by it, uh, it doesn't transform us, our faith isn't strengthened, uh, and so God cursed those cities, and, and they are, today, there's ruins that are there, uh, and not just the ruins of the cities themselves, uh, but like in Capernaum, Capernaum was a, uh, was a, f- a fishing port, and uh, right now, uh, the water uh, is, uh, the Sea of Galilee is a good maybe quarter of a mile uh, away from the edge of the city where it currently, and a lot of things have taken place over a couple thousand years, but when God uh, judged those cities, um, it, they were done. Uh, and uh, in Capernaum, in those three cities. So we went uh, to Capernaum, uh, and we, got, we went into the city and we saw that in Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house and they built a church over the top of it. Uh, and uh, so there's a Catholic church that's there. They don't even have anything going on. They just built over the top uh, of that. Uh, and that's also the place where uh, the, the foreman lowered uh, the, the gentleman through the, through, through the roof uh, of uh, the house. And it's just, it, again, it's amazing. I could go on and on and on about uh, all the different places. So we, we were in Capernaum, and when we got back that night uh, to where we were staying, um, I realized that in part, Brother Chris was going through step by step, at least for those couple of days, uh, from the movement of Jesus from Luke chapter number four. And we had gone to <clears throat> the uh, uh, Mount Precipice where uh, as Jesus went into the synagogue in Nazareth, uh, and was preaching, and they run them out. They were going to throw them off, a, off of a cliff. And so we were at where they think that cliff was. Uh, and, uh, and so um, the Muslims, in fact, from that cliff, you can see Mount Tabor, which is miles and miles and miles away. Uh, but uh, what the Muslims teach is that Jesus jumped from Mount Precipice all the way to Mount Tabor, <laughs> uh, like, a, like a superhero. Uh, and, uh, and so they teach that. So we had, we, had, we had gone through these steps and seen this and following the steps of Jesus in his ministry. So I went back and I'm looking in chapter n- number four is where I was reading and I just kind of kept reading. And I hit this passage of scripture uh, and, uh, and it's like, oh, there's Nain. And, uh, and he was in Capernaum. I said, well, time, wait a second. Um, so the Bible says that Jesus was in Capernaum, and then it said uh, on, in verse number 11, and it came to pass the day after uh, that he was in Nain. And uh, we had driven uh, from basically Nain around to there in that area, and it took us about, I don't know, 40 minutes 
to get over there. Uh, and uh, well, anyways, long story short is if you're sitting there, um, if some of you remember the pictures that we took from the boat, uh, there was a kind of a cutout of a mountain ridge that's there, and that ridge is where you'd go from Gennesaret, Magdala, and you would, and you would go to Nazareth, uh, and there was a path, uh, a small little roadway that went at that time all, all the way there. So Capernaum, uh, which is kind of up and around uh, the Sea of Galilee, so Capernaum to Nain uh, is about 25 to 30 kilometers, or no, miles, uh, 25 to 30 miles uh, away. And, uh, and so I thought, man, like I've been walking, and, uh, and we've been experiencing the landscape Capernaum is 700 feet below sea level, uh, and Nain is 700 feet above sea level. So what Jesus and some of his disciples and a bunch of other people did is after this dealing with the centurion in the first part of this chapter, um, they hiked from Capernaum to Nain, uh, 25 to 30 miles with, four, uh, with a change of elevation, 1,400 feet in elevation, and they got there the next day. Um, so at first I thought that would be, that would be just a terrible hike uh, and, uh, and a lot of work, which meant that they probably would have had to do it through the night. Uh, and, uh, and, um, and Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. But not everybody that was with Jesus knew that. All right. Now, when we were walking, let's say if, if we're walking and we're following Brother Chris, and he's like, like we went to this one place called uh, Hippos uh, or Susita, which was one of the Decapolis cities, where where outside of that was the maniac of Gadara and, and a number of different things that had taken place up there. But as we're climbing that, we're dying. But he would just like just wait till we get to the top. Uh, and we looked forward to what we were going to see, and what we, what we knew we were going to see, according to what he said, uh, is going to be worth it, it's going to be worth the, you know, and so we would push, and we'd push, and we, we'd get up there, uh, but we kind, of, we kind of knew what, we were, what was going to take place once we got there. Uh, but the disciples and, and the people, and it doesn't say how many of them, um, followed Jesus as he hiked um, uphill, for 25 to 30 miles through the night um, to the city of Nain. Um, now, I went into, there's, you can find like hike calculators, uh, and there are different things, and so you can put in, you know, uh, and calculate how long it would take you to hike by putting the distance, uh, and there's also some basic formulas, whatever, and then you put the elevation in there. And so as I did that at, let's say, normal pace, it said it would take, couple different ones it said 13 hours another one said 15 hours that's not that's this hiking time uh that's not stopping to rest you know like if, if I was with him like every 10 minutes uh we'd have to stop and, and have to drink water or go to the bathroom or something uh and uh, so uh, I would assume it just took most of most of a full day uh it says it's a, it's a day's journey and it took them the next day that uh, that they were there and uh, so that's something I never, I would read this and like, okay, he was here and then he, then he did this great thing with this widow and then it kind of moves on in the passage of scripture. But I had zero concept uh, over the distance, 
uh, that was traveled for this to take place. Are you with me? I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, so it was now some Mormons uh, on, a, on a paved road. Um, it took them 10 hours uh, to walk from Capernaum to Nain uh, on, the, on, the, on the road that I think we probably traveled on in the vehicle to get there. Um, but before all that, up and through that 1,400 feet of elevation from Capernaum, uh, and much like Elijah, um, and we know that Jesus, as he, as he ministered, uh, often went without rest, uh, and people thronged on him, uh, and uh, it was very grueling. And so not only was Jesus compassionate, but the pains that he took uh, in his earthly ministry to do the things that he did, I think we, we often overlook uh, because we don't necessarily see it uh, in the account. So here's, here's how I imagine this take place uh, or what was going on. So in Nain, oh, so Jesus is in Capernaum and he's on whatever the Mount of Beatitudes next, next door to that. He's preaching uh, one of the greatest uh, messages in all of the Bible and all of history. People are um, flocking to him and uh, uh, he, he, he goes after that into Capernaum, deals with the centurion, all the while, this woman in Nain, her son dies. Uh, and and she's, in her mind, she is thinking of, what am I going to do? Where's the money going to come from? How am I going to live? Um, her only son had just died. So she's grieving. Um, she's, she, there's no indication that she was a believer uh, in the Lord. He, he hadn't been there uh, yet. Uh, and uh, so... Um, obviously a, a practicing Jew and what they were doing with uh, everything with the burial. So she's going through all this discouragement in depressive issues and in grieving uh, her, her son. Um, all the while, Jesus knew exactly what she was going through. And, uh, and while... All that's going on in her mind, and every, all the events that are taking place. They would go, um, they got a, um, well, in a buyer, they would put the person on the buyer. They would usually wrap um, uh, the body, uh, and then they would leave the face unwrapped, and they would put like a shroud. Like you think of the Shroud of Turin or like in the tomb with Jesus. They place it on, uh, on, on his face. They would, they, they, they would do that. So there's a lot of preparations. They didn't embalm people like they did in Egypt. Uh, so they would use um, the myrrh and the frankincense, the different uh, oils, and uh, just to keep the odor down. We know uh, as Mary and Martha, like, Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> uh, he's been dead uh, four days. Surely he's, he, he's, he stinks. And so um, there was preparation. So she's, she's dealing with, and we, there's no indication how he died, um, but he died. She was already a widow. There's social pressures. There, there's all kinds of things. If you've ever had to just, you know, quick, like here, like in our culture, someone passes away, you can go for a long time before you, before you do anything. Uh, and funeral home picks people up. And I mean, it could be weeks uh, before uh, any decisions even made uh, concerning, uh, are we going to even have a memorial? Uh, in that culture, it was like, you, you just, it just got done because that's what the law said and that's what they would do. In fact, I was telling people yesterday, like on the Mount of Olives, 
Um, it's nothing but caskets in, in, little, in little mausoleums. And so all the, the Jews who have money are all buried right on the Mount of Olives because they want a front row seat uh, to what's going to take place. And then all the Muslims uh, on, on the Eastern Gate, because they know that the Lord's going to come in in that way, and they've, 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 they've walled that all off uh, with concrete. They put a mosque in the Eastern Gate, and then they bury all, of, all their dead people in front of it thinking that Jesus won't walk through there. And, uh, and, but he's going to come on a horse. He didn't have to, he didn't have to walk. And, uh, and so it's, it's just amazing to see their cultural and what they would do. And so lots of stuff going on. Uh, she's uh, uh, going to be burying her son. Uh, the procession, you know, who's going to be involved in all of that. All that's going through her mind. And, uh, and all that while, um, her Savior uh, is making his way. From Capernaum. A bunch of people, they're going through uh, and climbing and making their way there. So just at the time, and, it, and again, it's not like he just happened upon, because that's what, as you read this story or commentators, they would say, like, you know, he got there just in time to meet them as they came out of the gates of the city uh, and where he encountered her and then had compassion. But his compassion started, you know, 24 hours before that, or even long before that, uh, because Jesus knew exactly what he, was, what he was doing and where he was going and who he was going to see uh, when he got there. And, um, and I watched a video of this being depicted. I think it was the uh, Mormons had put a bunch of videos together, and, and, uh, and since they're Mormons, they got all kinds of stuff wrong. But, uh, and, uh, but it was very moving, this depiction of this event that they had had. You can see it on YouTube. <clears throat> but all I to say that he was, as she was doing what she was doing, he was coming all that way. All the people that were following him had no idea. And I, and I, be, I began to think about Jesus knowing exactly what he was going to do uh, and, uh, and how he uh, was basically going. It, he went out of his way to save us. I mean, he left the splendor of heaven. Uh, and uh, came and took on flesh. We know that that's uh, uh, who he is and what he's done, but even his earthly ministry. Like if I was Jesus and I was in Capernaum, and knowing, because he had, you know, from, from Nazareth, uh, and, uh, well, Capernaum is where he lived uh, after he was run out of Nazareth, uh, and that was kind of, you know, his home base for the longest time, but from where there to where he was baptized, uh, in the Jordan down by Jericho, and just the distance and all the different traveling and stuff, even though he is God uh, in, the, in the flesh, he was still a man. And, as, in, and as, a, as a man, I would have thought, man, it's a long way to Nain. Uh, and, uh, but you know what? Uh, the people that were there needed to see um, Jesus do what Jesus did. And, uh, and from that, the fame went throughout the area, and we know that from, from the scripture. But um, if, if I, I, I could have just, if I was God, I would just would like, my, my daughter, this widow woman, she's grieving, uh, and, and just spoke from Capernaum and said, Arise, and he would have risen from the dead by his spoken word 25, 30 miles away. But he didn't do that. Um, he walked all that way, uh, and, uh, and he 
spoke, arise, and the man rose. He gave, you know, delivered him to his mother, uh, and the reaction that we have, we have there. Now, two, two basic applications. One, as a, as a follower of the Lord, as a Christian, there are many people that follow the Lord for what he could do for them. Um, the miracles, they wanted a miracle. They wanted, they wanted, uh, they're bringing the lame and the sick to him. The, uh, those had palsy, they wanted him to touch. People touched the hem of his garment. A lot of people follow Jesus for what Jesus could do for them, and it's no different today than it was back then. Um, you know, people, people go to church because they want God to bless their business. They, they um, you know, need God to, you know, to help them through some type of crisis or whatever it is. Uh, people follow Jesus um, for what they can get from Jesus. And when they're not getting what they feel they need, their expectations aren't being met, then a lot of people stop following Jesus. Um, and we know from Scripture, when he started preaching about you know, eating his flesh and his blood, and it offended people, and they didn't understand, and many you know, left following them. And I've, I've tried to comfort myself. I've, I've comforted countless other preachers uh, that like, you know, um, when it comes to leadership and those types of things, Jesus, there's no greater leader <laughs> that we can imagine than Jesus. Um, yet they left him. Uh, and there was only a handful after all that he had done and all the miracles and the, and the five thousands and the four thousands and the scores and scores of people, when it was all said and done, there was 12 and one of them was a devil. And, uh, and so I've tried to, like, again, be like, whenever somebody leaves church or whatever, another prat, be like, hey, people love Jesus too. And preachers, we, we, we see that. We comfort, we comfort ourselves and each other uh, with, uh, with that fact. Um, but as a follower, would you have in that moment, and again, everybody was kind of fascinated in all that Jesus was doing, um, but, but seriously, like an hour into that hike, uh, I'd be like, where are we going? Um, and, and, and maybe he said, you know, you know, just like, you know, I think of the Smurfs when I was like, like you know, are we there, Papa Smurf? Uh, and, uh, and he maybe encouraged me just, you know, just a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further, but maybe he could have said, you know, we're going to Nain, and if somebody said, we're, I, we're going to Nain, I would be like, I'm tapping out, <laughs> I'm going back, uh, because it's hot, and it's hard, uh, and it's a long way, and it's like, you know, why are we even going there? Nobody really knew, and, uh, but so I can imagine just hiking and following as a follower of the, of the Lord, um, would, would we follow him if there wasn't anything in it for us? Um, if it was somebody else was going to get the blessing, um, would, we, would we serve alongside him? Would we serve him in the midst of all that and as a, as a follower, uh, a, a disciple uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that would, that would do that. But not only did he hike all that way, all those other people did. And, and, and by the way, when they got there and they saw what they did, I'm sure they thought that was worth every step. Um, but on the way, on the way there, um, they probably weren't thinking that. And by, you know, when we were, when we were driving uh, from uh, wherever we were, we were going down to the Dead Sea. 
So remember, God gave the land from, from Dan, uh, the children from Dan to Beersheba. And we have been from Dan to Beersheba, east, north, south, east, west. And so we're driving. And so from Jericho, remember, that's where Jer- Jericho is where the children of Israel, that was their first battle. They crossed uh, the Jordan and, uh, and fought at Jericho. From Jericho to, to Egypt, if I was, if I was a, an Israelite, I would have complained. Because um, it isn't wilderness, it's desert. The wilderness of Zin, it's just, it's desert and rocks and it's hot and it's nothing. And they wandered through that for 40 years. And so now when I, when I see them, I'll be like, I get it. Um, walking around in that for an hour and I'm done. Uh, and, uh, and so, but they did that for 40 years. And, um, but again, if we knew, like, Part of our life and a perspective that God gives us is that we know that God's bringing us to an expected end, that we're going to, see, we're going to be with him in heaven and glory. And we know that we have, we have a mansion, um, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. In fact, uh, an illustration they gave like a kibbutz, um, these villages, what they say is the gate of these, of these little townships, that's the door. And so when they, when they look at their communities, that'd be like, that's the door. And, in, and that's in my father's house, there are many mansions. And so, so they, were like, they think of their house as a room uh, in, a bigger, in a bigger place. And this like, analogy after tie-in tie in, uh, all throughout their whole culture. Um, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, I don't think we would go the distance in those things, unless we knew there was something in it for us. And, and, and what helps us to endure hardness as a good soldier is we know we're getting a glorified body. There's crowns to be won. We have uh, a rewards that he's going to give us, <clears throat> and the greatest of which is to, to be in his presence. And so there's a prize, and we're, we're supposed to run the race and to obtain, and we know that. In, in, you know, in our defense, um, that's just how we are. We, we need something to look forward to. Uh, these, these people went a long ways without knowing exactly what he was going to do. But here's, here's, for me, the biggest takeaway from this passage of Scripture. Seeing where that place was and what Jesus did um, and, um, and how he, uh, the personal touch uh, that, um, that he had given in this account for this woman uh, and for people to see the compassion that he that he had uh, shown and the in the words that he had spoken, those that that followed him, and when I think of ministry, um, for myself as a as a pastor, as if I I might preach part of this in a preacher's meeting um, and illustrate it this way. And the application for me is that in ministry, like uh, I'll use for an example, uh, I'll use Brother Burris. Brother Burris was in the hospital, and I'm, and I'm thankful for Brother Burris for a hundred different ways. And, uh, but he's, uh, you know, even when he's not feeling well, um, he's trying to encourage me. And, uh, and so, so he, call, he calls me, on, he leaves a message uh, on my phone, and, and I couldn't pick out what it was. And so I called him, and uh, he's like, oh, he's, I'm in the hospital, and he's, I know you're busy. I know you're busy, you just got back, and you're busy. 
And, uh, and so uh, he's like, I'm in the hospital and they got this, that, does, I don't know what's going on, whatever, they're running tests and, and uh, he's like, you don't got to come down here or whatever, but I'll just, you know, I'll just let you know what's going on. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, if you like die, you can't let me know. Uh, you know, so, so I'm going to, so after a little while, I call back down there and his granddaughter answered the phone and, and, uh, and he was off somewhere and coming back. And so, I mean, I, I knew things were okay. And there's been times with Brother Burris where he's been in the hospital and different stuff where I've gone, times I haven't gone. Uh, and uh, because he's, you know, sometimes he's asked me to come, other times he's told me to stay away. Uh, and it just, it just depends on, on the situation. Um, but, man, is I tired. So we're, we come, we get back and uh, we, you know, into town and the whole jet lag thing, like we got back late and it was like, we went to bed like 2.30 uh, in the morning, uh, which would have been Monday morning, I guess. And we slept till 2.30 in the afternoon uh, and, um, and made ourselves get up. And so we got up and, and six hours later, we were back in bed for the night. Uh, and so... I was, I was so tired. And, and so it's like, you know, um, you know, he's in a hospital. I'm like, Brother Burris is in a hospital. And so this whole time I'm thinking, man, am I so tired? I really don't want to go down there. Uh, and, uh, and so when he's like, you know, I know you're busy. Don't come down there. I'm like, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, just because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm tired. And I called back there and he's doing, you know, so I, I kept calling. But here's, here's my point. Um, Jesus would have went to the hospital. Are you following me? Um, he, he walked from Capernaum to Nain uh, to minister face-to-face when he could have just said, you know, arise <laughs> from Capernaum. And, and everybody from Capernaum to Nain would have got out of the grave because, he is, because he's God. But he didn't. He walked 25 to 30 miles uphill from 700 below sea level to 700 above sea level, to a small little farming village, uh, to a a woman, I I can say that he had never met, he made her, um, but went there to to serve her and to to do what he did and for all the reasons that he did it. And uh, and so I'm thinking, you know, if if the Lord would do that, um, what does that tell us as ministers and how we're supposed to operate. Uh, and, um, and we know that there were times where he was fatigued and tired and he came apart to rest. And I'm not saying that uh, that's, not, that's not an important thing to do. But, but Jesus went out of his way um, to minister to people. And we need to do that too. I need to do that too. And it just reminded me of the time, the illustration I gave in the past where the bus kids called me and, hey, could you come? We were taking our Baptist nap and they wanted me to come and witness to their mom and whatever. And, I, and I'm like, oh, great. And I, you know, you know, got ready and went over there and the, they got saved. Uh, the mom and her friend got saved. And, uh, and, and even though I, I have countless illustrations like that, there's still times to where you're like, oh, Really? Like right now, uh, the phone rings at whatever, 2.30 in the morning, and it's like, you know, um, just we have those struggles. I'm saying I do, and I know that a lot of other preachers do. 
Uh, and uh, so here I've read Luke 7, I don't know how many times. Uh, and that story, and I know it's the only time that that city is mentioned uh, in, in Scripture, and I knew what took place there, and I knew it was one of the, uh, the times, but what was left uh, from my imagination is how far it was away. And, um, and he walked it all. And he walked everywhere, and we know that of the, of the time. Um, but Jesus went out of his way for people, and we need to, to do that. We need to, the, the effort that he put forth in this, this one instance uh, fascinates me. Uh, and that's how, um, when, when you see that, and for those of you who've been there, uh, and how it makes the Bible come alive, and, and where you just kind of willy-nilly for me just pass through, and it's like um, the miracle, part of the whole miracle was him getting from point A to point B. Not just raising uh, the young man from the dead, um, but it's just, there's part of me that wants to go back there and just and walk that walk. Uh, and, and, just, and just to do it. And there's just a lot of places you can, you can certainly do that. But, um, you know, he, there was a time constraint. Um, he knew that uh, when he showed up there, um, he was going to meet her outside, but it wasn't happenstance. Uh, it was a divine appointment. Uh, and, uh, and all those people that followed him, again, at the end, they see that. They said it was worth every step. Uh, and to be able to see that miracle take place and, and then to spread the word like that. Um, but um, if they were like me or maybe like you, I don't know, I'm admitting it because I'm the one preaching um, 100 yards into that, into that trip. <laughs> like, how far is it, really? That's um, so why we're going 30 miles. <laughs> like, um, I got... I, I got something going on at the house. I got to go back <laughs> and, uh, uh, and just dipped out and, and, and tapped out of the whole, the whole thing. So uh, it was cool. We were staying right next to that little town uh, and uh, in just that one little, one little spot in the Bible, just a few verses, uh, and how seeing that uh, affected the whole narrative uh, for me and the, the takeaway. And then, and then to know or not even knowing, I get back and it was just kind of like, the conviction that comes from, you know, uh, from, you know, Brother Burris being there and, and uh, me not wanting to go. I'm so glad he was back home today. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't go see him now. He's, he's at home. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the excuses that we make. But uh, I'm just telling you that as a pastor, I labor over those types of things. And, and uh, passages like this don't help <laughs> uh, when you read them and see all that Jesus did. And, uh, and so... Um, I'm going to do better. I hope that you do better as well. Amen. All right, we're going to stop there tonight, and uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer over the prayer uh, uh, requests. And again, pray for Brother Burris, and that he gets all that stuff with his the blood pressure and everything uh, straightened out. So they've got him on some different meds, and they're going to try to work him through all of that. And then for the other requests, of course, that I've uh, I've made, and for for Livy and Bethany, and what's uh, with that situation too, like her pastor, Brother Henry, in the church that they're at at um, Royal View. Um, they have a three-year-old. Um, their youngest is a three-year-old girl. She has Down syndrome. And so the pastor there, they, with that. And then one of the upsides, too, as well, is that uh, I was concerned about, you know, the uh, visit to the hospital and the money, like the cost of care and everything else. But I guess in, in Arizona, if you are born with uh, the, how do you say that, trisomy 21, um, they take care of everything. 
And so, so that's a blessing. And then, but pray for her. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And when you're done, uh, if you will quietly dismiss yourself uh, tonight.